Hello, my name is Sarah Mullally and I have the privilege of being the Bishop of London. I'm here today with Esther Stewart, who is the Communications Manager for the Diocese. And today we're going to be talking about dyslexia. Hi, Bishop Sarah. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Good, very well, thank Good. you. Yeah. Um, so one of the reasons we thought about starting to make podcasts um, is because you're dyslexic. So would it be fair to say that speaking comes more naturally to you than writing? Yes, there's no doubt. Um, I find it much easier to construct my thoughts and then speak about them than necessarily write them. And, um, you know, so writing for me and reading, in fact, is quite hard work. You know, they often say liturgy is work. Well, it is for me. So reading out, even in cathedrals or churches, is hard work. Um, so just talking and speaking, there is no doubt I find that much easier. Mm. Does, do you use the audio Bible at all with things like that? Or is it? No, funnily enough, I don't. Part, um, um, and interestingly, the, the, the audio Bible I find hard because often I... When I read the Bible, I look for it and read it much harder when it's audio. But what I do do a lot is check, um, you know, pronunciations. I will go to an audio book just to check I've got a pronunciation right in the Bible. I do that quite a lot. That's a very good tip for anyone, actually, yeah, it isn't is. it? Because there's some complicated words in it there. It is, as long as you've got warning. <laughs> yeah, so you can look it up. Um, so you shared a tweet a while ago by a charity called Made by Dyslexia. Mm. Um, their aim is to help the world properly understand and value and support mm. dyslexia. Um, their website's amazing. I went mm. on it when I saw your tweet. Mm. Um, and they've got a video there with loads of successful people who have dyslexia kind of talking about it as a strength. Mm. So they've got Richard Branson mm. and Orlando Bloom, Kira Knightley, Darcy Bustle. <laughs> and um, in one of the resources on the website, they have a list, a kind of list of 10 key facts about dyslexia, which I found really interesting. So I thought if it's okay, we just kind of go through that list and um, chat about each of those Yeah, points. very happy to do that. Brilliant. So these 10 key facts. Number one. At least one in 10 people are dyslexic. Research in the US finds it's as many as one in five. So are you aware of a lot of other people who have dyslexia? Or were you aware of people growing up? Uh, when I was growing up, no, I wasn't actually um, very, I don't think I knew of anybody who had dyslexia, apart from uh, Susan Hampshire, who a lot of younger people won't ever remember. She was an actress. And she was probably one of the first people to come out and speak publicly about dyslexia. And in fact, she started a campaign about it. So that was my only um, point of reference, really. Um, and um, so I didn't know of anybody. And so because you don't know of anybody, um, you don't talk about it. And in fact, I, you know, I've got very bad handwriting. And in fact, my bad handwriting, I um, almost nurtured because it covered up the spelling mistakes. Mm -hmm. So you didn't have to own up to the fact that you, you, you know, I couldn't spell. Yeah, mm. gosh, that's so interesting. I mean, there are people, I suppose it's such a hidden thing. There are people in our office who have it, but I've only known that through just casual conversation. So I'm sure there are lots of people that you just don't know. Um, yeah, and I, one of the things I found is that I, I have to say I very rarely spoke about it um, until, in fact, I was in much more public ministry role. Um, and I remember mentioning it in something, and I got this huge response from people who's, who came up to me afterwards and said they'd got either a nephew or a niece or a grandchild or they were dyslexic themselves. Mm -hmm. And it was just a release to have somebody who had said they were dyslexic in, in a more of a public profile. Mm -hmm. um, and so I realised how important it was. The other place was when I was in the Department of Health, uh, we were doing some work about the standard of English for nurses. And I was slightly horrified that somebody felt anybody with dyslexia 
shouldn't be a nurse mm. because that was their perception of it. And of course, by that point, I was the government's chief nursing officer. And I, so I did speak up then because I just thought it showed a complete lack of understanding of what dyslexia was. And again, I got this huge response from nurses who, who, um, in a sense felt that I had spoken on their behalf. And of course, it, you can, you can be a nurse with dyslexia. So, um, point two, dyslexia is genetic, so it runs in families. So are you aware of people in your family who have dyslexia? Um, well, actually, mo- most of my family are very, um, you know, sort of my parents and my brother and sisters are very good with English. But what is fascinating is I've got a nephew who has dyslexia. And in fact, my son um, well, has been tested and they do this wonderful thing, borderline dyslexia, whatever that means. So I said, he probably thinks he probably is dyslexic. Mm. Um, although I have to say his... Um, his ability to read is phenomenal and he has a very good construction of English. But it is for him, it's just spelling. And of course, that does highlight that dyslexia is so different. There isn't, there isn't one, uh, in a sense, there's not one standard of it. it. It does vary. So, so I certainly think there probably, there's no doubt in my mind that, that, that for us, there is a mixture in our family of it. So it doesn't surprise me. It's genetic. Yeah. Mm. Uh, number three, dyslexic brains are wired slightly differently, meaning they have a different way of processing information. And number four, this difference results in a pattern of strengths like critical thinking, creativity and communication skills. So are you aware that you think differently to others and you see that pattern? Um, I, I don't. I mean, one of the fascinating things is I don't necessarily think we're always explicit of how we think, do we? <laughs> not um, aware of it. No, uh, we just get on and do it. But what I am conscious of is that I probably, there is no doubt I love solving problems. Mm. Um, so that bit about listening and then trying to uh, find a solution, um, I know I, I enjoy doing that. And I, and I suppose it, I, I recognise that not everybody can do that. I also suspect I have a high level of emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. so I do know that there is no doubt I will respond differently to situations than other people now whether that's dyslexia or um or just how I think I've never known yeah Yeah. but I do it's interesting when when you hear the the sort of skills that people have who are dyslexic there is no doubt that those are the sort of things I do do Mm -hmm. and that I think probably is a trait see similarities Yeah. yeah Uh, Fact number five, it also results in challenges affecting traditional learning, such as reading, writing, spelling, rote learning, memory and concentration. I had to look up rote learning because I wasn't sure about (laughs) that one. And that means memorising information. I can't learn spellings. You know, people fascinate. You know, I can try as hard as I possibly can to try and memorise a way of spelling something. And when I come to spell it again... Gone. It's gone, absolutely gone. And, <laughs> and like you know, and also if I read, so you know, if you're reading a difficult reading out of the Bible, I can practice it as often, you know. But I know that when I get there to that moment, you know, it feels like the words just run off the page. I've mm. lost them, and um, so therefore, so there are things I know that will help me. So, for example, when I'm reading, I I try not to get flustered. Um, because actually the more I get flustered, the worse I'm going to be able to do it. So I take it, you know, it doesn't matter really if I get it wrong. I, mm. I do that. So I do notice that. But what's fascinating, I used to, I did, me- I memorised facts 
And I can remember, you know, I can memorize a speech, but I'm not memorizing the words. I'm memorizing a shape of it. So, so in fact, it's the way the thing flows, not how each word is made up. And I do think there is something in that. So even when I read, I look at a shape of a word. I'm not reading the word. Gosh, that's interesting. Um, so I think there's something about that. But I, so I have a very, I, you know, I can memorize speeches, talks, um, facts, but they are then gone after 20 minutes. If I'm doing a, you know, if I'm doing an interview on the radio, I remember all the facts I need to. I'll give the interview, but if you were to ask me probably half an hour later, I would have moved on to something else. Um, fact number six. Each dyslexic will have a different pattern of strengths and challenges. I think um, I go back to that bit that we're not all the same. So, so you can talk to some people and they are much more profoundly affected than I am. Yeah. Um, also, you know, I know my nephew finds it easier to use different coloured papers. That makes no difference yeah. to me. Um, the other thing I do know is that writing down a telephone number, I am hopeless at. So, so you know, somebody rings up with a telephone number. I know I've written it down wrong, but it takes me a while to work out what way did I write it wrongly. Mm. So I think there, um, whereas that won't affect other people. So there are some traits. I expect today... Um, testing is much better. I mean, I purely was tested because they it would get, enable them to give me another fifteen minutes in every exam, so I could check my spelling. Never made any difference because I wouldn't wouldn't spot it was spelt wrong. But so that was the only reason I ever had any testing. I had no help for it. Whereas today, I think the world's much more sophisticated. So I watch how people are given different support. So that's why I do think it's important that if a mother or a father or a carer is worried about um, the person they're looking after um, has dyslexia, they should get them tested because I do think there's a lot of way of helping people these days. It's more targeted. It now. is, yeah. yeah. Where I, in a sense, I've just self-managed in a, yeah. in a way. Yeah. Uh, number seven, identification is key mm. to our success in education. That's what you were just saying, and employment and in preserving self-esteem. So you said you were tested mm. and you found out. How old were you when you... Um, well, it was for, you know, the equivalent of GCSEs. Yeah, so quite old then. It is. So, um, so, and that purely was because they thought I... Because I suppose they spotted that they thought my educational ability was much higher than my written ability. So that's why. Mm. Um, and in fact, all I got there and at uh, A-levels was just additional time, so time uh, in it. But, I, but it is interesting because I do think... I do think if I had been picked up earlier, I may have been more successful in some things in in my academic ability. Um, and there is no doubt that I do think that it impacts your self-esteem. Yeah. So I've always just felt, I've always felt it's a very negative thing that I'm a bad speller. Mm. Um, and um, so I, and you know, I'll make sure that I don't ever have to write on a flip chart. Um, now it's easier now because I can get somebody to do it, but it's much harder when you're, you know, when I in more junior roles. So yeah. you do have to to watch it, which is why I was I was so keen to support some of the um, charities like Made by Dyslexia because I do think we ought to to you know we're all different, yeah. and actually this is just a difference. And yeah. so there's something about recognizing we are different rather than that is it it is a negative. I suppose that follows on actually to point number eight. If we place equal importance on dyslexic, mm. on dyslexic strengths and challenges, we can and will go far. Mm. And on the website, there, um, there's a brilliant video that I watched mm. with Kira Knightley talking about imagination yes. from dyslexic people yeah. and that actually 
there are a lot of successful inventors and brand creators who are there dyslexic are. and there because are. they have that ability to think differently. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, so I suppose it, it enables you to see a problem or a situation in another way. And there is no doubt that because I, it's easier for me to articulate than it is to write, therefore I, I, have, I have no hesitation speaking in front of people on anything. Yeah. yeah. And the last point, oh no, there's two more. Mm-hmm. So number nine, four in five successful dyslexics mm. attribute dyslexic thinking to their success. So we just said there are a lot of kind of famous creative people who are mm. dyslexic, Jamie Oliver, Jamie, Jennifer Aniston, mm. and people think Agatha Christie might have been dyslexic. And then the last point, we know exactly how to identify and support dyslexia mm. and have done since the 1930s. I'm astounded <laughs> by that. Do you know, I mean, I, I'm astounded by that because I do think, you know, I, I talk about... You know, the fact that it was only picked up when I was doing the equivalent of GCSEs. Yeah. Which and perhaps weren't supported in the way that, that people are yeah. now. And that, yeah. I know, which is incredible. Because I I, as I said, I do think if I had had better support, it may have made a difference. But it's funny, actually, you know, I do think one of the things dyslexia has done for me um, is increase my reliance on God. Mm. So, um, and actually it's often put things in perspective. So, you know, we can very easily rely on our own success and on ourselves. Um, and therefore being dyslexic for me, uh, you know, I have to recognise my own humanity. Um, and therefore that bit about my dependence upon God, I think uh, has been more real to me because actually I know I have, the, I have difference which sometimes can be a challenge. Um, and, and so maybe actually if I, you know, maybe if I had been um, diagnosed earlier with better support, I wouldn't be the person I am today. I would be different. And maybe therefore it is part of my history and my story that uh, that has made me, you know, who I am and has enabled me to discover a, a dependence on God that I may not have had. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Bishop Sarah. And many thanks to those of you who are listening. I would really encourage you to go and check out the website madebydyslexia.org. Um, it's really well presented. I'll put the website address in the podcast notes. And the video is definitely worth a watch too. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please do leave a review and share it with your friends. Bishop Sarah, would you pray for us? Yes, I will. Shall we pray? Almighty God, we give you thanks that uh, we are made in your image. Help us to cherish who you have made us to be let our confidence be in you uh, and enable to discover the person that you are calling us to be for your glory and in your name amen Amen.